0: Welcome to Sessions from Studio A. I'm Carl Nelson, your host. We're featuring the music of Jim Canis on the show tonight. Jim is an accomplished multi-instrumentalist whose passions lie somewhere between the worlds of jazz and roots music. Jim has spent the majority of his life here in Northern Illinois. He attended NIU in the 70s, soaking up the various musical influences that converged here at the time. And Jim is big on sharing that with others. He's worked through the Illinois Arts Council, doing residencies throughout the state and feels compelled to expose young folks to the rich history and culture behind what makes American music so unique. We'll talk with Jim this hour about all of that and more, and we'll get to hear his performance in Studio A, featuring several different instruments. It's Jim Canis, this hour, on Sessions from Studio A. Stay tuned. Welcome to Sessions from Studio A. I'm Carl Nelson, your host. We're featuring the music of Jim Canis on the show this hour. Jim's a northern Illinois resident, went to school at NIU, and decided to stick around the area. He's been active playing shows and a music educator. He's worked through the Illinois Arts Council doing residencies in places throughout Illinois, And he's also a great multi-instrumentalist, playing jazz and roots music on guitar, banjo, fiddle, even Native American flute. We're going to talk with Jim a little bit about uh, the role music has played in his life, an extensive role. But we'll start things off with some music. This is Jim Canis performing Muddy Waters here on Sessions from Studio A.
1: Mary, take the baby, river's rising Muddy water's taking back the land Old frame house, can't take one more beating Ain't no use to stay and make a stand Morning light shows water in the valley Daddy's grave just went below the line Thinks it's safe, can't take them with you. Cause muddles swallow all we leave
2: behind.
1: I won't be back to start all over. Cause what I've felt before is gone. Oh, said Mary, take the baby rivers rising. Muddy waters taking back my home. is gone there's just one way to leave here turn my back on what I left below shifting lands and broken farms around me muddy waters taking back the land hard to say what I'm losing I never felt so all
2: alone
1: said Mary Take the baby, river's rising Muddy water's taking back my home Said muddy water's taking back my home Rivers rising baby rivers rising muddy waters taking back my home i said muddy waters taking back my home
0: it's jim canis performing muddy waters here on sessions from studio a and we'll let the man introduce himself to the audience jim
3: this is jim canis American roots, musician, jazz guitarist.
0: All right. And Jim, in your own words, give us kind of a history of your career as a musician, your musical journey.
3: I started playing in, in the day, they had band programs in fourth grade. So I started playing cornet in the band, but my dad was in a mandolin orchestra. So I was exposed to mandolin and guitar music before that. Did the classic switch to baritone somewhere in middle school. And my brother got a guitar, and it came very easy to me. So I started playing that, and by the time I was in middle school, I was pretty fanatic about it. And there was a jazz program at middle school and then later in high school. And at a really early age, I started attending jazz clinics and taking lessons and going to Chicago, and I found myself in the company of um, what turned out to be some real famous musicians like Pat Matheny and George Benson and Gary Burton. And that was all a result of attending the Abersol clinics. And I won some Chicagoland awards and played bluegrass music was just a hobby. And folk music is accessible on the guitar. So that was a natural part of my development early on. And rock and roll and Blues was always there, being close to Chicago. Muddy Waters actually lived in the, the town that, that I lived in. you know. So that was there, um, and I was probably absorbing it. Eddie Clearwater played locally. I played with him when I was 16. So the, you know, the point there is these American Roots styles were developing. And the only real intentional thing I think I did was to start playing the pedal steel guitar to be involved in country bands because where we lived was what I would call Um, semi-rural. My dad worked for International Harvester. They developed the combine out there, so there was plenty of fields and plenty of places. But as in the 70s, it grew and grew and grew. It was a boom town, and I was trying to hold on to the demographics and just the feeling of, uh, of my surroundings. And I thought country music would be a, um, a way for me to hold on to my rural roots. The reality of that was, even in country music, you're in the cities and you're traveling around. But that, is, that was the, um, uh, like a fertile ground for me to evolve into a solo artist because what I do as a solo artist playing the different instruments is a result of playing as a sideman in country bands. I was the guy
0: that made everybody else sound as good as they could. Well, we just heard you play some uh, country blues there. Uh, Muddy Waters was that song. Tell us something about that song.
3: I heard it on a documentary on bluegrass music And which ended up being pretty much a documentary on Bill Monroe, being the father of bluegrass music. And actually there was some flooding going on in the area at the time. And I um, thought some really clever singer-songwriter had come up with that song right away to address the times. Then I found out when I learned it, it was 10 years old. So I thought that was just interesting that, you know, things come in cycles, you know. So it was the name of the broadcast was High Lonesome. High Lonesome. And if you hear it, you won't hear it like I did. I changed it up a little bit and made it more of a um, kind of a country blues style. And I think it's more of a bluegrass style, how it's done. Yeah, that's a cool tune. I like
0: that one. Well, you're going to do another one for us here uh, called Bridge Road Gravel. This is a Norman Blake tune. Tell us about this one. Why do you play this one, Jim? I learned about
3: Norman when I first came to DeKalb. I do uh, that one and Church Street Blues and Whiskey Before Breakfast and Fillers Drab and a number of his tunes and tunes that he does. And he was a strong influence on my uh, bluegrass guitar playing which I think you, you'll hear when I play that tune in particular. And that song has been dormant for a lot of years. I don't know, it just popped out of my mouth uh, three days ago, and I realized this is a cool tune and I need something new, so I started to do it. So, And that's a good example of flat picking, you know, too, where you use the pick to play the high strings and drone, keep the harmony going, and the melodies simultaneously... Are happening on the middle and lower strings, which is not too different than banjo, because with banjo, with five string banjo, you have your thumb, and the thumb plays the melody a lot. Um, and on um, traditional finger picking guitar, then the melody is on the high strings, and the thumb becomes more of an accompaniment. And these are vast generalizations, but just as kind of a starting point.
0: Alright well let's hear it This is Jim Canis performing a Norman Blake tune Ridge Road Gravel and This is Sessions from Studio A
1: Sitting on the riverbank, nothing coming down. I don't know why I don't move on out of this old town. Snows have fallen in the street, winter's setting in. The years and changes say to me, you can't go home again. So sing me a song that's not too long and take me home tonight. Till I'm round the bend, I'll see again. Rich road, gravel, and the coal oil light. On the radio, bad times all around. Tell me something, I don't know, a change could help out now. Looking for a good time, gal, searching for a friend. Mourning for those good old days I thought would never end. So sing me a song that's not too long and take me home tonight. Tell around the bend I'll see again, rich road, gravel, and the coal oil light. Round the bend I'll see you again, ridge road gravel and the coal oil light.
0: That's Jim Cannis performing a Norman Blake tune, Ridge Road Gravel, right here on Sessions from Studio A. I'm Carl Elson. You can see some behind-the-scenes video from Jim Cannis' performance in Studio A at our website, that's WNIJ.org. And there are plenty of other great regional artists there in the Sessions from Studio A archives. Check them out. You might find your next favorite artist. Again, that's at WNIJ.org. More music to come this hour as our session with Jim Canis continues here on Sessions from Studio A. Welcome back to Sessions from Studio A. I'm Carl Nelson, your host. We are featuring the music of Jim Canis this hour. He's been performing a couple of tunes for us here in Studio A. We've been talking a little bit about his musical journey and some of the different styles and influences that go into his personal sound. Uh, Jim, let's talk a little bit more about that. You kind of uh, you play a lot of different stuff, but you kind of have these. Uh, Two uh, pillars of, you know, the jazz world and the roots world. Tell us a little bit about uh, how those two have influenced uh, the rest of your sound. I
3: thought that I would bring those different Americana styles and different instruments into more of a jazz format, but it actually worked out the other way around because I'm playing solo Um, I think the audiences that I have when I play solo are open to jazz and blues and different contemporary styles and ethnic styles. And so that's really where I think a lot of the eclectic mix is happening with me. Now, you may not hear that so much in the pieces that we recorded today, because I'm pretty much isolating the different styles, maybe there's a little bit of blending. Um, When I sit down at home and play, I only play on my nylon string guitar, unless I'm getting ready for a gig. And then that's what I really truly, as an artist, wanna try and capture on a recording, is that eclectic blend of styles where you can't say, well, that's this and that's this style, and it's just all blended together.
0: Well, why don't we hear a, a recorded track that kind of exemplifies that. Uh, tell us about this one here.
3: I think Take the L touches on that. Uh, not so much in terms of world music, but it starts to break down the the style barriers a little bit and become its own thing.
0: All right, well, let's check it out. This is Jim Canis. This is from his EP. This is the title track called Take the L here on Sessions from Studio A. off his EP, that's the title track, Take the L, and this is Sessions from Studio A. And Jim, let's talk a little bit about your role in music education. Tell us about that.
3: I went to school and got a degree, a contract major. It was a major that I developed with Supervisors and you know, my teachers, and it's a degree in guitar performance, but it includes elements of commercial music and American folk instruments. So, like I said, I toured around with these country bands and played the pedal steel guitar. That was, I was that was an instrument that you don't find that often, so I got a, as much work as I wanted doing that, and I was invited to join Randy Sabine, who was an artist in residence here a number of weeks ago. Um, he's a jazz violinist and on my CD. And he was an artist in residence in the Rockford schools, which is originally where he's from. And um, we met and played music together, and he invited me to come into the schools with him. And it just seemed like a really good fit because originally I was an elementary... Me- elementary major in the real early days of my college, and then I switched back to music because that's what I love to do. So I just felt like that was a um, like a good fit, a good way to bring my artistry into the school and have everything, you know, be an educator and stay an artist, and then I got involved in the Illinois Arts Council and did residencies all over the state in the schools and other um, organizations like libraries or, you know, special needs um, institutions or whatever. And um, and a, a residency could be anything from one day doing an assembly and doing some breakout groups to two weeks or two months or four months in a school. And so that program traces the development of American music through its ethnic roots. See, I'm back to that theme again, you know. So I, when I go into a, a setting like that, and right, I've been teaching as a regular teacher for a number of years now, but that spirit still comes with me, you know, wherever I go, and and that outlook does. But I try and make connections with all participants or students to American music through their ethnic background. Now, if, they, if it's a, a homogeneous environment and they relate to country music and, and, and music that is not um, necessarily obviously rooted in ethnic influences, I try and point out all the, the influences of that music so that they become connected to these different cultures via what they're already interested in, and if I have a, a more of a heterogeneous group, that's a mix of um, different cultures, it's easy to look at American music, and say, well, this this rhythm comes from here, this instrument comes from here, whatever, and everyone feels like they have ownership to American music. Hmm. Um, no matter who they are. That's been the, the main theme of my program. And it leaves a lot of openings for lots of material, lots of repertoire, lots of instruments, so I, I can keep that theme and still be changing and evolving and make it interesting for me and people that come
0: back for more, you know, too. Uh, yeah, I, I can see how American music in particular is perfect for uh, covering, you know, all sorts of different cultures, borrowing from different cultures. Uh, That's really neat. So you're going to do another one for us here. This is uh, Jim Canis performing a rendition of Red-Haired Boy here on Sessions from Studio A. Canis performing a little rendition on Red-Haired Boy here on Sessions from Studio A. Now, Jim, you were talking a little bit ago about uh, Randy Sabine. That's a name that Rockford folks may know. And you've played with some other big names, too. Uh, Tell us about some of the collaborations you've had in your career.
3: Starting with Randy, we played with Howard Levy um, a couple times, and he was the founder of of Bela Fleck and the Fleck Towns, and Locally, you know, Fried Hawk is a friend of mine, so I sit in with him from time to time. And uh, Corky Siegel, of course, when he comes to town or locally or this part of the state, I usually jump in and sit in with his band, and he's he's an old friend. Uh, who I met here at NIU. There was a time when NIU had these folk festivals, and they were amazing. I mean, we had Vassar Clemens. I got the jam with Vassar Clemens there. On, um, just a lot of different really important artists. John Hartford we were talking about earlier, he was there. And, um, that's what I walked into <laughs> when I came to DeKalb in 1978, I think. I walked into that rich Americana support for the Americana um, styles. And then, of course, we have the jazz band here and the orchestra. This was the perfect place for me as opposed to um, Boston. I really didn't want to be a product of the Berklee School of Music. But, I mean, I just didn't. I wanted something more, you know, at that point. And this was a really good place.
0: Yeah, we are quite uh, lucky with all the uh, great music that comes through here as a result of uh, the uh, community and, of course, the university here with the the music program. Uh, Well, let's hear another one. Jim, you're going to do another little rendition here on Flowers of Edinburgh. This is Jim Canis here on Sessions from Studio A. canis performing a rendition on flowers of edinburgh here on sessions from studio a i'm carl nelson your host and you can find some behind the scenes video from jim canis performance in studio a at our website that's at wnij.org and there's plenty of other great musicians there in the sessions from studio a archives check them out maybe your next favorite artist is there there's more music to come this hour when our session with Jim Canis continues here on Sessions from Studio A. Welcome back to Sessions from Studio A. I'm Carl Nelson, your host. We're featuring the music of Jim Canis this hour. He's been performing some songs for us here in Studio A. We've been talking about his musical history, some time spent in DeKalb here, going through the music program at Northern Illinois University, and just all the kind of various influences that have acted upon him to bring him to his sound and his style. And we're going to get to some more music here in just a moment. Jim, the next one that you're going to play for us, this one's called Worried Man Blues. Tell us about this.
3: Yeah, I, Arlo, or Woody Guthrie, is probably rolling over in his grave. <laughs> I, but I think he would appreciate... Um, I opted not to sing it. It's a, uh, a way for me to play that style of, of guitar playing. Um, slide, dobro, resophonic guitar playing, which is a way for me, you know, I've mentioned the pedal steel guitar several times, but you're not going to hear me play the pedal steel guitar because I'm not going to set it up. It's, it's, It's an instrument that is used with a band and it's rarely heard unless you're at like a pedal steel guitar convention or something solo. Plus not to mention that it takes a long time to just set it up and haul it around and it's, You know, it's heavy and all that, so it doesn't fit into the solo format is what I'm saying. So I wanted, and I had put a lot of time and and had a lot of experience playing that instrument, so I wanted to bring something from that experience into the solo format, so that's where I got started on on the dobro and playing slide, and it ended up being more of a bluesy kind of sound, but that's okay, you know, I'm using the slide and... Um, the pedal steel guitar playing actually comes through more in my, I didn't do any like country, really country music today, but when I'm playing country music on my guitar, I'm hearing the pedal steel guitar and I'm feeling the kind of music that I did with all those country music. So it wasn't a waste. And it's also like riding a bike. I had it out at a, um, I played with some folks in Tinley Park and around, Um and I play with their group and steal guitar from time to time and it's like riding a bike. You just the the left the knee levers are knee levers, the pedals are pedals, you know. And um the right hand is finger picking like a banjo and I'm always doing that so I don't lose that. It just takes a little getting used to sitting down and doing it at a different angle. But um who knows, maybe I'll play it again someday a lot. I'll only be teaching full-time for another three years. So hopefully we'll roll over to more of what I'm already
0: doing, less of. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, this is Jim Canis performing Worried Man Blues here on Sessions from Studio A. performing his rendition of an old Woody Guthrie tune, Worried Man Blues. This is Sessions from Studio A. I'm Carl Nelson. We've got time for a couple more tunes here. And uh, Jim's going to switch up his instrumentation. We're going to pick up the fiddle. Uh, Now, Jim, tell us how you got into playing fiddle.
3: The fiddle. I've been playing it since 1980. And I was playing in this honky-tonk in Oregon, Illinois. And the guy that had the place kept coming up to me asking me to play orange blossom special on a violin i kept saying you know the last thing in the world i need right now are four more strings a night to tune so i was playing this i was doing my (laughs) multi-instrumentalist utility uh musician thing playing with this country band playing steel guitar which was enough i mean that one had 12 strings and and the banjo and had stratocaster and harmonica and singing and had my hands full you know, I always felt sorry for the drummer, but I ended up spending more time setting up than they did. <laughs> so he kept asking me. Finally, he said that he would give me $100 if I would buy a, a house violin and play Orange Blossom Special. And I said, sure, you know, you could give me a month, you know, to you know, hack away at it and come up with something. So I went to Mel Elliott's music here in, in DeKalb. And walked in with a hundred dollars, and I didn't really want to do this in the first place too much. So I said, "I have a hundred dollars to spend on a violin. I'm not spending a penny more." And he gave me a, a Chinese violin, and that was my first fiddle. And I I did a very convoluted sort of way approach to the to the violin. Like I said, my dad played mandolin. Mandolin is tuned like a violin. So I learned, and the repertoire for guitar music is fiddle tunes, bluegrass guitar Mm -hmm. music. So I learned all the fiddle tunes on the mandolin, which had frets, that I wanted to play. Mm -hmm. And then I played my violin like a mandolin, finding out where to play, and as a separate task, learned how to do the bow and then put it all together later.
0: All right, well, let's hear some. This is Jim Canis performing Big Brown Trout here on Sessions from Studio A.
1: down to my fishing hole going on down there ain't no doubt going on down to my fishing hole coming back home with the big brown trout hey mama cut me down to cane pole cut me down to cane pole long and stout hey mama cut me down to cane pole I got a date with the big brown trout garden. Grandpa Leo working all about. Grandpa Leo working in his garden. Look at my reel, I got a big brown trout. Hey, mama, cut me down a cane pole. Cut me down a cane pole, long and stout. Hey, mama, cut me down a cane pole. I got a date with a big brown trout. jump and holler. Old Aunt Claire gonna jump and shout. Old Aunt Claire gonna jump and holler. Look at my reel. I got a big brown trout. Hey mama cut me down a cane pole. Cut me down a cane pole. Long and stout. Hey mama cut me down a cane pole. I got a date with the big brown trout. Hope you got your frying pan good and ready. Hope you got your frying pan greased and hot. Hope you got your frying pan good and ready. Here comes dinner, it's a big brown trout. Hey mama, cut me down to cane pole, cut me down to cane pole, long and stout. Hey mama, cut me down to cane pole, I got a date with the big brown trout.
0: Jim Canis performing Big Brown Trout here on Sessions from Studio A. And we've got time for one more song. We're going to swap instruments again. Jim's going to pick up the banjo this time, and he's going to perform a traditional tune for us. This one's Old Blue. Jim, tell us about this one.
3: Old Blue is a um, a traditional song, and it's about uh, someone's pet that passes away. Um, A friend of mine, Will Maring, from southern Illinois, who did that song as a child in school, always felt like the song didn't go anywhere. It was just like it ended. So she wrote the last verse that I sung, which completely, I think, turns the song around and gives it meaning, and and really the song becomes about closure. Because in in the last verse, it's like, I had an old dog, his name was Blue, and it talks about how he's a good dog and all this and that, and then he dies, and you lower him down with a chain, and I'm sad. You know, that's, that's basically been the song. And then she writes, you know, I had a dream the other night. Old Blue came, run to me in the pale moonlight. He came to me, then he ran away, and the tears, they flowed like a newborn babe. That, that, that transcends that song. It, it makes it more about coming to um, acceptance and, and um, coming to grip with that kind of a change in your life. No. So I started doing that song again after it lay dormant for a lot of years. The banjo playing, I, I, that banjo actually has a pickup on it, and I have a stand. So the banjo sets can stand alone, and I can walk up to it. So I did a, a gig with Paul Wurtico and Larry Gray, who was Larry Coriel's group when Larry was around. And I used that banjo in that setting in that jazz setting i tried to bring in some of those contemporary elements into the middle of
0: that piece this is jim canis performing old blue here on sessions from studio a
1: His name was Blue, I bet you five dollars he's a good dog too. Said I had an old dog, his name was Blue, I bet you five dollars he's a good dog too. Blue chased a possum up a hollow limb, he chased a possum up a hollow limb. He chased that old possum up a hollow limb, till the possum growled, Blue whined again. My old Blue is a good old hound, you can hear him holler for miles around. Said my old Blue is a good old hound, you can hear him holler for miles around. When I get to heaven, first thing I'll do is grab my horn and call for Blue. He shook the ground for miles around. Said Mao Blue, when he went down, he shook the ground for miles around. They lowered him down with a golden chain. Every link I called his name. A dream the other night old blue came running in the pale moonlight he came to me then he turned away the tears they flowed like a newborn babe. bye bye blue
0: performing Old Blue here on Sessions from Studio A. I'm Carl Nelson. You can find links to the music of Jim Canis at our website. That's WNIJ.org. There you can also see some behind-the-scenes video from Jim's performance in Studio A. And browse around a bit. You'll discover plenty of other great regional artists there in the Sessions from Studio A archives. Again, that's all at WNIJ.org. Sessions from Studio A was produced and hosted by yours truly. I'm Carl Nelson with production assistance from Spencer Tritt. You can keep up with what's going on in Studio A by following us on Instagram. Find us at Sessions WNIJ. And, of course, we are always looking for the next artist to feature on the show. Send your submissions or suggestions to sessions at NIU.edu. Until next time, this is Sessions from Studio A. Thanks for listening.